Hi, and welcome to Effective's Top 10 Tips podcast. Each episode is a quick roundup of practical, easy-to-implement tips on a wide range of management and personal development themes. As always, full show notes for this episode, including a handy summary of each tip, are available on our website. Just see the episode notes for this and many other useful links. We also offer workshops and coaching on all topics covered in this podcast series. Today's episode is on self-management. Tip number one, separate the external and internal self. At work, we are two selves, an internal self and an external self. The external self is how we behave, how we interact with and to the outside world, including, of course, other people. So our external self is very much focused on behaviours, reactions and responses externally to and with our world. It's that that other people see, our external self. But there's also an internal self. The internal self is within us, and it's the way in which we feel about things, the way we think about things, the beliefs we have about ourselves and the rest of the world, our drives, desires, motives, our emotions. And that's a very strong and often a dominant part of our self. And usually our internal self drives our external self. And although the tendency is for our internal self to drive our external self, There will be times, professionally, when it's not appropriate to let that happen. So we might feel angry. We might feel disrespectful. We might feel upset. But it may not always be professionally the wisest thing to behave that way. So we need to exercise self-control. The other way in which it's difficult is to remember that our external self is what other people see. Also, it may simply be a good idea to tell people rather than demonstrate it, to tell somebody that you're feeling angry or upset or confused rather than behaving in that way. A second key point here is to get in touch with your internal state more frequently to understand what's going on. For many of us, we react without being conscious as to why we're reacting in that way. We don't give it any attention or thought. So a key self-management skill, really, is to be more self-aware of how we are operating internally. And there's one final point about the internal self, and that's about our internal dialogue. We often listen unconsciously to the way we talk and think about ourselves, which can be very powerful, particularly if the self-dialogue is negative. Tip number two, separate the conscious and unconscious self. A lot of what we do is unconscious, and in this respect, habits are important, because they are often unconscious. We don't consciously choose them, we may not even be consciously aware of them. We often do things because we've programmed ourselves to do them, to behave in that way, and we don't give it a second thought. So a lot of our self is driven by our unconscious behaviours, our habits, and many of these habits can, of course, be helpful. They stop us having to think about what we're doing. And if we had to think about everything we do, we'd be exhausted and we'd make far more mistakes. But it's also worth pointing out that many of the things we do perhaps aren't the best thing we could do for ourselves or for others and are simply 
the result of habits or presumptions or assumptions or ways of thinking, ways of behaving that we've just become used to. So the point here is about checking what you do unconsciously and seeing if you can bring it more to the conscious state. Tip number three, take ownership. A lot of words that we use have that word self in front of them. For example, self-confidence, self-motivation, self-esteem, self-discipline. The key word in each case is self. To be those things, confident, motivated, disciplined, it's down to you. There is no point in looking elsewhere or to anybody else to really provide these for you. They have to come from you. It has to be you. So self-management is crucially about ownership on not becoming dependent or reliant on others. Don't rely on others to build your confidence, motivate you or to give you high esteem. Really powerful self-managed individuals take ownership of all those self-words. Tip number four, become more self-aware. Become more aware of things you do and why you do them. Here's two suggestions to help you with that. Firstly, ask people who you trust to give you feedback to see if you are doing something unconsciously that's not helpful, that they recognise is unhelpful, and they could give you that feedback. So they help you raise your self-awareness. Secondly, watch other people for their reaction to your behaviour, to what you say or do, because their non-verbal language may give you an indication that what you're doing or saying isn't going down well. Then that's feedback too. So you might want to reflect on what's happened and think, I wonder why they behaved in that way. I wonder if it was triggered by something I said or did. Tip number five, develop strong self-control. Sometimes when I give feedback to an individual about something that they do that might not be helpful, they say, oh, I agree. And you know, you're not the first person to tell me that. So the question is, why aren't they doing something about it? And that, of course, is self-control. So there's a nice relationship between self-awareness and self-control. You can't control or change a behaviour if you're not aware of it. But equally, if you are aware of it, that's not enough. You have to do something about it. Tip number six. Self-validation. This is about being able to assess and credit your own worth. Give yourself a pat on the back. Be as fair to yourself as you would be to others. Whatever you find valuable in others and give them credit for, then you should do the same for yourself. That's what's meant by self-validation. And if you are poor at self-validation, but really like being validated, you become a little bit dependent on the validation of and from others. And the danger there is that you distort your own behaviour to seek that validation. So you become a bit of a validation junkie by always looking for other people to praise you. So you perhaps go out of your way and unnecessarily and unhelpfully to please others in the hope that it will trigger some praise. So be careful not to become dependent on validation, almost like a drug, by seeking it from others because you're not good at giving it to yourself. Tip number seven, be personally effective. 
Is there a set of issues to do with how you regulate yourself in terms of personal effectiveness? Make sure you take responsibility for what you do. In particular, stop blaming time for not getting things done. You've got the time you need if you make what needs to be done a priority. Blaming time is you letting go of ownership. Taking responsibility for your priorities is taking ownership. So, good self-management is about being honest with yourself about what's down to you, rather than blaming external circumstances on other people. And that applies to your internal state too. Stop blaming others for how you feel. You own your feelings. If you blame others for how you feel, then they control how you feel. So decide, are you in control of your feelings or is someone else? Tip number eight, work out your drivers. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? What gets you going? What do you feel passionate about? And what justifies who you are, what you do and how you do it? Because each of us will have a set of key drivers. Some of us are very conscious of these drivers and for others, they're still part of their unconscious self. Tip number nine, decide your priorities. What are your priorities in and out of work? And what do you do if you have several priorities and any of them conflict? They don't all move you in the same way or in the same direction. Tip number 10. Consider your balance of other key pairings. Here are some key pairings. 1. Whose world do you prioritise? Your own or others? 2. Do you live to work or do you work to live? What's your work-life balance like? Or perhaps more accurately, how do you balance life in work and life outside of work? 3. Do you prefer working on your own or with others? 4. Are you a proactive person looking ahead, trying to anticipate and prevent things happening, or reactive, waiting for events to happen, which you can then get to grips with? 5. Would you say you were a risk taker, or would you say you were essentially cautious? Your answer to each of these five pairings might simply depend on a number of factors, which is why it's not black or white, but a question of balance and of conscious choice rather than an unconscious habit. So that's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share it or leave us a review. Remember, you can find full show notes on our website, plus a growing library of free resources which you can easily search by theme to find content that's relevant for you. We also offer workshops and coaching on a wide range of topics. Links to all of these resources are in the episode notes. Thank you.